Welcome to Marin Costello Radio, where we have intentional conversations with impactful people, your weekly dose of motivation, inspiration, and entrepreneurship. Join me as we explore the ins and outs of building and running a business, interview leaders across all industries, and find the common denominator beneath it all. This is Marin Costello Radio. Ladies and gents, we have such a special guest on the show today. Lainey Schwartz is a recipe developer and the blogger behind Life is But a Dish. Lainey has two major passions in life, teaching and cooking. After teaching elementary school students, Lainey turned to teaching in a new form through her food blog. Since day one, her mission has been to help busy home cooks gain confidence in the kitchen. Lainey's style of instilling confidence in everyday cooks is approachable and easy. She knows there is beauty in simple recipes that taste great and are easy to put together. As a sole recipe developer behind her blog, she has created over 600 recipes that people trust over and over again. Through her eight-week course, Cook with Confidence, Lainey takes you through kitchen basics, from how to utilize culinary tools to understanding the disciplines when it comes to the basics of food prep to help change people's relationship with the kitchen. Lainey has created a beautiful space and community where the kitchen feels fun, safe, exciting, and simple. She knows that empowering people through cooking can truly transform lives and be one less stressor in people's day. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, you're so welcome. What an intro. Thank you. This is so cool. And it's so funny because not that I haven't read your bio before, but as I was reading it, I thought your passion is people and giving people confidence. My passion is people and giving people confidence. Your vessel is food and my vessel is jewelry. This is like amazing. I love it. We need to like cross pollinate here. (laughs) We do need to cross pollinate, but it's like mirror work on a whole nother level. Yes. How are you today? How is your day? Where are you reporting live from? Yeah, um, I'm good. It's early. I'm here in Los Angeles and it's about 930 in the morning. Um, Just shuffled my kids out the door to camp, put my puppy dog in his crate and I'm in a quiet space for the next however long to be here with you. I love it. I love it. What does the rest of your day look like? What is the day in the life of Lainey Schwartz? Oh, every day is different, um, especially in the summer, just with shortened schedules, schedules with camps and um, as I mentioned, I have a four month old puppy. So I feel like I have a newborn baby. Um, today I actually have, it's kind of a call day. So I have a bunch of calls, but I can, it can be anywhere from testing recipes to shooting content for social media, um, to talking about my program today is kind of a, a podcast recording day. So I'm excited. I love that. Well, one of the questions that we always ask, always ask our guests to start off with is what was little Lainey like? Yeah. I love this question. You know, I feel like little Lainey, I've always kind of been that person. Even when you look at pictures of me from kindergarten until now, I've looked the same my whole life. So somebody who knew me when I was six could see me 30 years later and recognize me right away. I feel like I'm a very similar version of what little Lainey was. Um, Shy before you get to know me. So really not the kind of outgoing person that I would say social media thinks that I am because now that I've become comfortable in front of the camera, people think I'm just this outgoing, fun, funny person. And I'm really not at first. Um, So kind of shy, quiet, more of an observer um, until you get to know me. And then I really open up and I love to connect deeply, always had close friends, but definitely just a little bit more on the timid side to begin with. 
And I still feel like I'm that way today. I love it. So where did your tenacity come from for being so timid? Where did your tenacity come from to go, I'm going to start this movement and have impact over people's lives. Tell me about that like first step and that first pull of gumption. It's interesting because when I think about, you know, little Lainey and what I wanted to be when I grew up, I didn't, there was no part of me, neither of my parents were, were entrepreneurs. Like this was not a part of my life growing up. I didn't even know what the word entrepreneur was, let alone what it meant. Um, So it's not something that was modeled for me. And I never envisioned having my own business. Really my, my only vision, I, I played soccer my whole life. I played through college. So sports and playing and being part of a team was always, and still is really important to me and a huge part of my upbringing and what has made me, me today. Um, but I never really thought, oh, I want to be this when I grow up. I just knew that I loved kids. Um, and so I used to work at camps and, and things like that. Um, and it wasn't until I got to college that I realized, oh, you can actually, I mean, this sounds so silly, but and maybe not such a, a pat on the back to my high school, but I was like, you can go to school to be a teacher. Like that's a thing. I can, I can work with kids. And I saw some of the older girls in my soccer team in the school of education, learning how to be a teacher. And I was like, this is so cool. This is what I want to do. And I knew immediately in that moment that that's what I wanted to do to learn how to be a classroom teacher. Um, and that's really where it started for me. Um, I knew I wanted to be a mom. I knew I, that was really all that I knew at the time. Um, and it wasn't until I actually got in the classroom hands-on helping these kids. Um, I did my student teaching in kindergarten through second grade. So I love the littles um, that I really started to, to feel that spark and that joy of helping somebody and helping at that time, kids build confidence, helping kids learn how to read, helping them work through a problem socially or emotionally. Um, And I think that was the beginning of it for me. And that just fast forwarding, uh, however many years later to now, when the blogging space came about, um, I was able to kind of take that teaching and that passion and turn it toward my food and help people in the food space or in the mom space or in the everyday cook space to help build their confidence in that sense. So it was really when I discovered my love for teaching that I think this tenacity just kind of exploded. That's amazing. So you've been blogging, formally blogging for seven and a half years. Yes. Is that from your first blog that you ever wrote or, or was there leading up to that? Was there some sort of an onboarding process to that? So I discovered blogs when um, I had my first daughter, she was about nine months old. I was still teaching at the time. I knew I was going to have a second. And at that point I was already cooking and I was on Facebook. There was no Instagram yet. Um, This is now Uh, gosh, my daughter's 10. So this was, this was a long time ago, uh, maybe nine years ago at this point. And when I discovered blogs, I thought, oh, I was already posting, taking pictures of my food and putting it in an album on Facebook. Like that was the extent of my quote blogging. Um, And I was trying to decide if I was going to go back to teaching or if I was going to do something else. And I realized that this is something that I want to try. Um, And so I just slowly started, you know, creating recipes and just kind of like having a backlog of recipes in case I decided to do this said blog one day. Um, I had my second child. 
And when she was about six months old, I had been, I had started to look into it. It's crazy now to even think, but like how, Googling how to start a blog. And I, I don't know, I guess I bought the domain. I didn't even know. I, I still don't know what I'm doing, but I definitely didn't know what I was doing then. Um, we bought, we bought the name. I had, I bought the, the WordPress, whatever. I started the WordPress site and I just started writing blog posts. I, I didn't, again, didn't really know what I was doing, but I just started having kind of a backlog. So I started for about six months before I actually hit publish. Um, so I had a little bit of cushion there. Uh, I had a six month old and a two year old at the time. And um, I just decided that for the next year, I was gonna publish every single week, two new recipes and that's it. Like that was, that was it. Um, and here we are almost eight years later. Did you know who your audience was when you were doing that? Did you know who you were talking to? It was more of an ex a personal exercise of I'm going to create and publish two recipes a day or two recipes a week, excuse me. I had no idea who I was talking to. <laughs> I had that, you know, thinking about like, who was your audience? Like those thoughts never crossed my mind. I just knew that I loved cooking. I loved sharing it with my family and friends. And this is a platform where I can share with even more people. Um, I knew the feeling that I had cooking for locally for my in-person family and friends. And, oh, this is an, this is an opportunity to get that out to so many more people. Who else can this help? Um, who else could make this recipe and feel excited? So no, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know who I was quote talking to. I was just kind of sharing my own experience, not knowing what success might look like or be. I just knew that I wanted to be consistent and see if I could turn this into something, but I had no idea what that something would be. What was the first turning point that you experienced of it turning into something? So I would say when Snapchat was born. So mm. I had, um, I had, so Instagram was kind of just starting, but Instagram was just post a photo on Instagram. And then that's it. There was no Instagram stories. There was no TikTok. There was YouTube, but it wasn't, YouTube was not really a thing in the food blogger space, at least what I knew of at the time. Um, and then Snapchat was born. And at the time, you know, I was hiding behind my blog. Again, the shy, timid little girl. I would take pictures of my food. I could write about, um, you know, the, the food and the story behind it and then pet press publish, post the picture and go away. Nobody, I never had to really talk to anyone. Um, I had a very small following at the time and Snapchat was born and I had been following all of these other food bloggers on Instagram, but I'd never actually had seen them talk to a camera. I mean, this was not a thing. And I'd fallen in love with them through their writing. And when Snapchat was born, I saw all of these bloggers kind of heading over to Snapchat and then I could see them like they would talk to the camera and I was like, oh my God, this is, this is crazy, which is so crazy to think about now. But, and what happened was I either started to fall in love even more with their personalities, or I was like, actually, you're not so much for me. Cause I really got to see the raw behind the scenes of who they are. And it didn't totally match what I thought they were anyways. So it was just like a really clear window into somebody's life. And that was brand new and really exciting for me. And I was like, there is no way that I am getting on camera. This is my biggest fear. 
there is, it's not happening. Like it's, it's a no for, it's a no for me. And I knew at this point I had been going for maybe a year and a half, two years. And I just, I knew that I had something. People were making my recipes. Um, I started to get like very, very small brand deals here and there. I, I knew there was something cooking, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> and I, I just, I, I just knew in my gut that something, that this was good. And I thought, okay, I'm either going to continue with this. Um, and the only way to do that is to get on video because that's where it's heading or I'm going to get left in the dust. Thank goodness I decided to do that. But so I started a Snapchat and I didn't tell anyone about it. And I just practiced like talking to, I wanted to just like cringe and curl <laughs> up and die in a ball. Um, talking to the camera, it was super awkward. And then I realized, oh wait, I can just flip the camera around and show people how I made this recipe rather than taking pictures of it and posting it on my website. I can show people how to cook. I can, I can teach. And then it's like, that's when it was mind blowing to me. I was like, I can reach all these people. I can teach them how to do things visually. I'm more of a visual learner. And it was like being in the virtual classroom. And that's really, that was a turning point for me. Um, so Snapchat, when that was born, that was kind of, that was it. That's amazing. How f- long ago was that? That was probably, um, I don't remember when Snapchat or when I picked that up to, maybe it was like 2016. So not too um, long after, not too long after you actually started. Yeah. Blog. It was about a year and a half or so after. Yeah. And then once you started on Snapchat, then what changed? How did your business evolve or your blog, your, your brand, your community? So I eventually got comfortable enough to start telling people on Instagram that I had the Snapchat community. So I had a smaller community on Snapchat, but those people were like my diehard. So as I got more comfortable, as I was mentioning as like little Laney, I'm shy at first, but once you're, once we're friends and once you're kind of, once we're close, I'm funny and goofy and easy to get along with. And I don't know, I think I'm a good time. And, um, I think people started to just connect and I really got to just connect with people on a deeper level, which is really what I love to do most um, and really help people. And um, I think uh, then Instagram stories was born and I had a larger audience there. And I was like, no, I'm not never going to Instagram stories, Snapchat for life, because I have this really tight knit community and I don't want to lose that. And it's really special and it's safe. And then of course, now here we are and what is Snapchat, but um, I finally opened it up. I started to do both. And I was like, no, I can't do both. And I eventually just moved over to Instagram stories. And that was it. That was like, I was able to build this loyal, um, excited community that just has, has been amazing. I mean, the, the, the community, the, the community that I have built over the last five or six years I don't know how I did it, but it is a really amazing group of people. That's so amazing. What does your audience size look like now? Um, on Instagram, it's about, uh, maybe it's like 64,000 or something. Um, and that's my main platform. I'm just kind of starting on TikTok. Um, but the, I got people who have been around from the very beginning and, um, it's not even the size. I feel like I know the people, like, I just, I I feel like I know every single person. I have very little 
negativity and bashing and trolls and things like that. I can count on one hand how many times. Um, so it's just a really nice, like-minded community. That's amazing. I feel the same way about our community too. It's like hyper positive and so grateful for it. I love that. Was there a moment that you knew that you were building something bigger? You get on, you start your blog, then you get on Snapchat, your audience starts growing. Was there an aha moment of holy, you know what, (laughs) this is so much bigger than me. Was there like an aha moment for you? I don't know that it was one specific moment other than um, other than when I started to really teach on stories or on video, whatever version that was. And people just used to say to me like things like, oh, like I've learned so much and now I'm able to, like I used to be afraid to do this and now I make this meal and this meal and this month and my family loves it. And I feel, I'm so proud of myself. Like just, through Instagram. Like it was just, it was those sorts of messages or, Oh, I, I, I'm, you know, grow my kids are grown and out of the house. I'm 60 years old and I've never been able to cook. And I've just made this most amazing meal. Thank you so much for what you share. Like things like that, um, where I just noticed that people were just, again, building confidence. They, they trusted me and my recipes enough to try them and they would watch me show them how to do it. And they would feel like I can do that. That feels doable. That feels approachable. Um, and then they do it and then they're so proud. And it, again, it's the same thing as when I was teaching and there's a kindergartner who was a, or a first grader who was afraid to try something and I showed them how to do it. And they're like, Oh, I can do that. And then they do it. And then it's exciting. So, um, I don't know that there was one message or one moment, but those mess those types of messages continued to roll in. And it was like, wow, how I'm really helping people here. And that feels amazing. Is there a particular recipe that really took the brand to a new level that people really caught on to, or has it just been consistent over time? There's a handful. I wouldn't necessarily say that there's one. Um, what's funny is I'm like, I'm a dinner, I'm a savory person. So like my bread and butter is I keep using all these like food terms, which I don't typically do, but my bread and butter is our dinner recipes, easy dinner recipes. Um, but I have a little bit of everything. Um, and my mom is an amazing cook and she has, she actually wrote a cookbook in the eighties. She was a personal trainer and she self-published her own cookbook. And it's, it's hilarious to actually look at it, but it's actually an amazing cookbook. It has amazing recipes and her banana bread, which she's been making my whole life has, I feel like I am kind of known for the, for the best banana bread. I know that everybody says they have the best banana bread recipe, but I'm telling you it's the best. (laughs) I've made it 5,000 times. It's, it's perfection. Um, everyone loves it. So I'm kind of known for some of like our, my old family recipes. There's a couple of cakes that my mom made. Um, but in terms of the ones that I've created, um, there are a few, there's my turkey meatloaf, which is a recipe that I always say turns meatloaf haters into meatloaf lovers, because I feel like people have a bad association with like grandma's meatloaf. That's like tough and hard and just gross. And this is delicious. Um, so that one, and then there's this random, um, I have a slow cooker brisket that has just been the number one recipe for like 
the last six years, just over and over and over and over and over again. So that's amazing. <laughs> How did your blogging style change from when you started to now? I think that my style has changed so much. It's always been uh, super simple, again, easy, approachable recipes. I don't use crazy ingredients. I use stuff that you already have on hand. Um, I don't use wild techniques. I'm a busy mom of two. Um, I just want to get it done. I want it to taste really good. And so that has really been consistent all the way through. The only thing that has really changed is that I've actually learned about SEO and Google and what I need to do to my blog posts to actually get them seen on the internet. So that's really the only thing that has changed because if you read some of my old blog posts back in the day, if you used to read blogs, it was all storytelling and, you know, people make the jokes like, I don't care about your, when you went to the store and blah, blah, blah. Um, and now it's really about the user and answering questions that people have about a recipe. You mentioned earlier that you said you didn't know what you're doing and you still don't know what you're doing. And I think. Do any of us know what we're doing? No, which no. is what I'd like to talk about, because yeah. I think that's the thing that, you know, there are so many proverbial experts in the world and self-proclaimed experts. But I think the funny thing is that the more we do, the more we have to do, the more we learn, the more we realize we have to learn, you know, forever students. So how do you keep yourself relevant and continue your learning journey in entrepreneurship? Mm, what a great question. I love, I mentioned I, I was, have been a part of a team my whole life. So I've always been on a soccer team and that was a huge part of my growth and development. Um, and I strongly, strongly believe in investing in myself um, in my business, in my mental health, all of it. So I've, over the years, have been a part of countless um, mastermind groups, you know, group programs, business programs. I really didn't catch the business bug until about two to three years in when I realized, okay, I can actually create my own products and um, my own programs and sell things. And I was like, how do you do that? I have no idea how to do that. Um, and I need help. And so joining a group, uh, some sort of group program is the greatest thing that I've done. And, you know, some are better than others, but you always either learn something good or learn something that you don't, that you know, you don't want to do. Um, but I've made some of my closest friends in life through those programs. Um, people who I've either never met in real life, and we've just connected through these programs online. Um, but definitely just investing in, in courses and things constantly like to the point where I have to like cut myself off and be like okay let's just focus on the programs we have um but when you love what you do you just want to keep learning keep investing you mentioned that you realized that this could be a stream of revenue a couple years in what was that first stream of revenue for you and what do your streams of revenue plural look like now yeah <clears throat> so um when I first started um most brands would, you know, offer product in exchange for content, which isn't necessarily revenue. Um, and sometimes I would accept that because at the time it was like, yes, I will work for cheese. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and then slowly it was like, okay, we'll give you $200 for this blog post or so small brand deals here and there in the very beginning. And then um, ad revenue. So 
you have to typically for most ad networks, you need a certain amount of page views on your website each month in order to, you know, apply for an ad network. But there's some like Google ads or whatever it was, there were some free ones that you can put on your site. And every time, um, you know, somebody goes to my site and clicks around, um, I get pennies based on those on those clicks. And so ad revenue was really the very beginning. But when I say revenue, I mean, it, it was like a couple of dollars a month. Like this was not anything, but it was a start. Hey man, um, more than zero. We love more than zero. <laughs> more than zero. Like, all right, $20 this month. Yes. Um, so that's where it started. And, you know, with consistency and, and growth that has dramatically changed. And so now I would say that, and it's always changing depending on what program I'm launching or whatever, but my consistent forms of, um, revenue are ad, ad, um, ad income. So, um, ads sponsored posts, which now they don't pay me in cheese anymore, which is exciting. Um, and then whenever I sell my own products or programs, um, and then sometimes affiliate links as well. We connected through your team originally. What does your team look like now from, from mom of a newborn doing two blog posts a week to now? It is changing by the day. So you're catching me in like a transformational period where the team is fluid, (laughs) but it started with just me for a very, very long time. I'm trying to think who my first, I hired a couple of virtual assistants. Um, I feel like there's life like pre-COVID, post-COVID. So I'm just going to go pre-COVID. like 2017, 2018, I hired a couple of people just, I don't even know what they helped me with, maybe Pinterest or a couple of other things. Um, My first real hire was right in the beginning of the pandemic. Um, No, that's not true. I hired like a high level virtual assistant to really help me um, kind of with the back end of uh, like my uh, what's it called? The program that sells my courses. And just, there's tons of stuff that goes into actually creating a product and getting it out to market. Like that is not my favorite thing to do. So I hired a a virtual assistant. Um, and then I hired a food photographer. So I, the first, everything I was investing in, in the first three, four years of my business was all to learn food photography. I was like, I just want to get my photography better. In the beginning, it was really disgusting and I want to have beautiful photos and so all the workshops and everything I went to was all food photography once my photography got to a place where I felt good enough I was like I don't really need to be the best food photographer in the whole world I want to learn more about business and how to to scale this and how to grow um and I don't really I don't really want to take pictures of my food anymore I want to focus on on something else and so I hired a food photographer and she's amazing. Um, and then um, the pandemic hit and my kids were home and my husband was home. And so I need a copywriter and I just, I needed help carrying the blog. I had carried the blog alone by myself. So I had a photographer, copywriter and a virtual assistant. Those were like my three. Um, and now I have, I, and then I hired a coach. This is most recently. So I have a coach that's really just uh, like for a year. And I now have a, like a marketing 
I don't know, a, like a marketing officer who's helping me just kind of figure out how to market my products, um, how to target the right audiences, just more strategy, more strategy around marketing. And then I most recently um, hired it just for a short time, but this podcast agency that is um, helping me just get to the right audiences because it's hard on just Instagram or just social media. And I love talking with people and it's hard to, to book yourself on, on the right podcast all the time. Um, and so I have a podcast team and that's kind of my small, but also kind of feels like a big team right now. Small, but oh, so mighty. That's how mine is as well. (laughs) Yeah. You mentioned that you hired a virtual assistant. I get this question all the time. Where did you find them? And what Mm. did you have them do? I'm going to speak to the the most recent one that I have. That is not, that is a glorified virtual assistant. So she really started as a virtual assistant. um, And I love her so much. Her name is Brittany. Hi, Britt. Um, she has done everything from the virtual assistant role to kind of becoming an OBM to kind of back to the, just depending on what my needs are in my business. She started out really just helping with like whatever I needed. So, um, she definitely took on my Pinterest, which I have no interest in running or even know how to do. So she does, she does all my Pinterest and then she just helped me, um, like with launches and um, inputting email sequences and um, creating a product. So if I was developing a new product, like cook with confidence and I say, okay, Britt, all the content is here. Like put it, <laughs> make it a product. She would create the product in the back end, set the price, um, you know, set up all the emails that are going out. So anything kind of back end wise, she was helping with that. Um, and then she kind of moved into a more, um, managerial, is that a word? Managerial role, um, where she was kind of overseeing the rest of the team, making sure that due dates and things were done for the photographer and copywriter, um, and helping just kind of keep me on track. So giving me weekly, my weekly to-do list and then her weekly to-do list. So I can see everything that she's doing, everything that I'm doing, just, just like an overall, like my right-hand man, right-hand woman to my right-hand woman. Um, so she kind of does a little bit of everything and she's kind of a magical unicorn. That's amazing. And my next question, based on what you just told us is how long were you taking pictures by yourself before you hired a photographer? Like, at what point did you say, not this is as good as I'm going to get, but my profession isn't necessarily going to be a food photographer. I'm, you know, the face of the brand and the heart behind the brand. So let's delegate. Yeah, it was about four or five years in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really, that was really when I, I started to, to dream about these programs that I now have. And that was going to take all my energy and all my effort. And I still wanted to serve the blog and the blog community and um, create recipes. That's always, um, that's always a huge part of what I will do. And I'll never stop that but I wanted to add this whole other piece to my business. Um, And so that's when I decided I needed help. And then also uh, when the pandemic hit and everybody was home, it it wasn't possible. I couldn't, I couldn't do it all. Um, And so it was really in like, what was it? I guess I started to have the conversation late 2019 
not knowing what was gonna what was coming and then um in about april of 2020 i was like let's do this i need help that's amazing at what point did you realize that you were creating a brand and also, when did you intentionally see your community, your blog as a brand? So, as I mentioned, I, I never had any sort of entrepreneurial spirit, didn't know what that meant. Um, and my husband and his family, his sisters specifically, uh, very much are like born entrepreneurs. And I'll never forget when I first showed her, like the first WordPress site that I came up with, and I picked one of the themes that had like, you know, these colors or whatever. And she was like, that's great. But none of that really matters because you're the brand. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, I'm not the brand. My brand are my recipes. Like, I didn't know, I didn't know what that meant. And so she was, I'll never forget when she said that because it's, it's true. Like I, I you know, life is but a dish is the brand, but I'm such a big part of what that is. And I don't think I really realized that until a few years in, um, really when I started to, again, be able to have those connections with my audience, have deeper conversations in the DMs, um, show up on video, it just, it, when it started to feel like a two-way relationship and not just me throwing up information, um, that's when I felt like, okay, this is like life, like people know life is but a dish. This is like, people know what it is that I do without me having to tell them. And that's, it took a little while for me, but it happened. You mentioned that you created a course. So mm -hmm. I'd love for you to tell us about the course and also the process behind creating a course. Cause my goodness, is it so much work? It's insane. It's an insane <laughs> amount of work. <laughs> I and I don't know what's wrong with me. I think I'm learning that I'm definitely a pressure performer because again, I started my blog with a two-year-old and a six-month-old, like the worst possible timing to start something new. Um, and I developed my program, my signature program, Cook with Confidence, in the heart of 2020 when everybody like I don't I don't know. I don't know. It's a little traumatizing to think about now, but um I had always had this vision of, I've been to a ton of cooking classes. I've been to all the cooking classes, not because I, not to necessarily learn how to cook, but just because I love cooking and I love to experience them. And um, they just weren't, there was very few that I went to that felt like I'm actually learning something here. Um, a lot, most of them were like, a lot of the ingredients were already measured out and you just kind of like poured them in and followed the recipe and it was fun. But if you were really wanting to learn how to cook, that didn't necessarily exist that I could find. Um, and I'd always thought of having this, like, I never went to cooking school, so I'm, I'm self-taught and I just learn as I go. Um, but I always wanted to create some sort of cooking school for, ba for basic people who just want to like learn how to cook, not be the top chef, um, and just feed their families and themselves simply deliciously and easily. Um, <clears throat> and I had a friend who came to me and she said, I'm terrified. I'm terrified of the kitchen. She has two young girls. Um, 
and I don't know how to cook. I, I'm scared to even try. Like, can you please help me? And I was like, no, that's not true. Like everyone knows how to cook or at least a little bit. And she was like, no, you don't understand. Like, I, I can't do anything. And I was like, really? Like that, there are people who, because most of the people who follow, who follow me, most of them are cooking and they, they're just, they learn, you can always learn something new, but it was rare that I found someone who was so terrified and didn't know how to do any, didn't know how to do anything. And I, and again, it, to me, that felt like the little kindergartner who was like, I don't know how to read and I'm too scared. Can you please help me? Um, and I went to her house and we did like a mini cooking class. I, I, and, and by cooking class, I taught her like a few techniques. So we took like chicken, for example, and how to saute chicken in the pan. Um, I taught, taught her how to roast vegetables, like simple, basic techniques that she could then apply to any recipe. If she can roast cauliflower, she can roast a hundred other vegetables. So giving her those basic foundational tools, um, that's what I did. And she came out of that a different person. And I was like, oh my gosh, this, like there is something here. And I realized there were so many people out there just like her. Um, and that's really where Cook with Confidence was born. And so creating that program, it's not a bunch of recipes that you're just going, yes, you get recipes, but it's really about um, learning the basic fundamental techniques. Um, nothing fancy. I'm just in my kitchen cooking with my real stuff. We, we start by cleaning out your kitchen, cleaning out your spices, getting rid of old expired stuff, talking about different types of pots and pans, what you actually need to use. Um, you don't need 12 knives, you need one. So just like really stripping it down and making people feel excited about actually being in their kitchen and then just teaching them simple techniques. Um, and so that you come out of it knowing how to cook chicken, knowing how to make vegetables um, di with different ways, um, knowing how to make a homemade salad dressing, which is really simple, but can be a game changer, um, how to cook pasta or a pasta sauce. So basic techniques that you would use in your everyday life. Um, that's what Cook With Confidence is. And I, that's how, that's how it was born. And it was a lot of work to create all of the all of the videos, but it has, it has truly changed lives. And so it was totally worth it. How often do you put out content for that particular course or is the course unto itself now? It's done. It's complete now. I mean, I'll continue to add, but it is, it's currently self-paced. So it's all in there. Um, there's eight modules. You can go at your own pace, but there's a lot of information in there. Um, and yeah, it's, it's all done. You mentioned on our first meet cute that you work with a lot of different types of people from novices to experts in the kitchen. Can you kind of, you just gave us one example, but can you speak more to truly the variety of folks, the variety of people that are in your audience that you connect with? Yeah. So yes, there are those people who, which I feel like have come more recently, the people who have been afraid or have like oh, this is a stupid question, but you know, can you X, Y, and Z? Like those are my, those, I love those stupid questions. I love the, the ones, the questions that people are too, typically too afraid to ask because they're embarrassed that they don't, that they don't know the answer. Those are the people, those are, I want those questions. It's a safe space to ask. So I have those people. I have people who are like me and love to cook and they cook, you know, four to five times a week. 
but sometimes they get in a rut and they need some new ideas. And, um, you know, for me, always watching a cooking show or, you know, something going to a new restaurant gives me inspiration. So those people, you know, by watching me or, or looking on my website, they might be inspired to do something new. Um, so there's kind of the, the variety of the people who love to cook, the people who are afraid to cook. There's, there's something for everyone. Um, and there's something, no matter what level you're at, you can always learn something new. So kind of have a little bit of everybody there. What is your recipe, pun intended, of what type of content you like to put out that just comes from your soul versus what your analytics say that your audience likes? I, I think it actually, well, I guess my analytics are a little bit different, but um, my audience on social media, I think loves what I pull from the heart. My analytics on Google are, are a little bit different. So um, just opening up my refrigerator. So anything dinner is like my jam. Opening up my refrigerator, seeing what I have um, and pulling a meal together just based on whatever I feel like, whatever sounds good, that's, that's how I cook. And that's what I love. And that's, that's the freedom that I want everybody else to have, because I'm not a meal planner. Uh, I don't know what I want for dinner on Friday when it's Tuesday. I want to, I want to eat what I, what I feel like in the moment. And so, um, I, sorry, this just popped up for a second. Um, really just whipping up quick and easy meals on the fly. That's, that's what lights me up. And that's what, that's what people love. And that's what I feel like most home cooks would love to be able to do as well. And hearing your story, the word that keeps popping into my mind is patience, 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 which is a concept that comes up quite a bit on our show. Mm -hmm. um, not surprisingly, because we're talking to a lot of entrepreneurs, but my question to you is what is your advice on being patient and how do you harness your own patience? It's mm, a great question. Because taking photos of your own food for four to five years before hiring a food photographer, I mean, I would consider that patience, especially in this, <laughs> in our world of immediate gratification. Mm -hmm. I would say I'm, I'm a patient person. I always have been. Um, I don't, I don't, I venture to say that not all teachers are patient, but you have to have some level of patience as a teacher working with children. It's just, you, you have to. Um, so I think that is also ingrained in me a little bit. And also just growing up in a team environment, you know, practicing and it, it, life is just one big test of patience. Um, but for me, I, it was really just, I, I always just knew in my gut, just always kind of going back to my gut feeling and trusting the process, knowing that this could be whatever I want it to be. I don't know how or when, but I just, I just know it and I can't really explain why. And I feel like that's every entrepreneur, right? Like, you know, in your heart and in your gut, like, this is something and I will make this work. I have no idea how, and just being okay with the not knowing, accepting that if you just continue to push and, and work every single day, 
it, it will be whatever you want it to be. And it's okay that you don't know how you're going to get there. I don't know that that's like a good enough answer, but that's just what it is. Kidding, it's the best. I'm <laughs> taking notes frivolously over here. What is your relationship with self-care and mental health? That has changed over the years. Um, I'm definitely not a, you know, get in the bath every night type of girl. Um, for me, self-care has, I've had to figure it out because there's so much, we see so much self-care out there being thrown at us. Like this is self-care. This is self-care. This is, well, maybe that's not self-care for me. So I've really, even just this year made it a mission to figure out what my self-care is. And I think that I have, um, and it's also realizing that it's different for everybody. So for me, I need alone time. I must be alone every day if possible, which can, which was hard during, uh, the pandemic. Um, but starting my day being alone, getting movement in. So either some sort of workout, which I, I work out because I love it. And because it makes my brain feel good. Um, it gets me feeling creative and excited and gives me energy. So some sort so getting my kids out of my face, and then have doing a workout. And then I've been walking. I love walking. Um, so that has been a, a huge part of my life in the last two or three years. Um, and just having like those one and a half to two hours in the morning before I start my day is a game changer for me. Um, and then just saying no when I need to say no. Um, that's been that's been hard. That's more into like boundary setting, which I'm still working on, but, um, just kind of keeping my, my peace and saving my energy. Um, because there's just, there's so much always coming at us. And so self-care sometimes means saying no to something that maybe you feel like you should, should be doing. A concept that you talked about when we first met was being triggered by doing too much in self-care mm-hmm. versus Versus being anchored in just simplifying self self care and just moving your body, and that has resonated with me so much since we first talked. So, can you yeah. speak a little bit more to that and when that aha moment happened for you? Yeah, I think that you know I'm big into I believe in journaling, I believe in meditation, I believe in all of it in the ice bath. Like I, I love all that well that wellness stuff. Um, It's just, I found that it's not something that I have to do in order to be happy in my day. So there were times where I was like, okay, I'm going to journal every single day for 30 days. And that's going to make me feel, you know, at peace. And it's just not the case, or I'm going to meditate every single day. I meditated every single day for, it was like a two week period. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this, but there are times where I'm at capacity and I'm like, I, I would really love to meditate right now. And I can use it when I, whenever I feel like I need it, or I just need to get all these things out of my brain and dump it on a piece of paper and journal today. So maybe that happens once a month. Maybe I meditate once a week. Um, but it's not, those things aren't necessarily like the popular things. And I know that I would benefit if I did it every day, but at this point, it's just not happening and that's okay. And I found what works for me right now and it'll just continue to evolve and change. I think that's what we like to call healthy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
which is fascinating because again, in our worlds, our entrepreneurial worlds of doing the most and getting everything done and having so many goals, sometimes just allowing and being and taking inventory of how you feel is the answer. Absolutely. For sure. What is your advice to people or for people who want to do what you are doing? Oh, I feel like we ha- there has to be, like for me, I know I'm very in tune with my gut and my, my gut feelings and my intuition. And if, if there is something that you are working toward, if you have a gift that you love and that you want to share with the world, just start sharing. If you, if you know in your heart that this can help somebody and you can't really explain why or how, or you don't necessarily know how you'll help them, I guarantee you just by sharing your story, just by sharing your own experience without thinking about the business side of it or how you'll sell this or how you'll do that, just share your story and see what comes back to you. Because based on how you help people through sharing, I think you start to then figure out the direction and the path that you'll take. Um, I, sometimes the hardest part is just starting. So you just, it's so cliche and everybody says it, but just start, just go um, and let it be messy. Let it be awkward. It's going to be, uh, and just, just keep going. Just stay in your lane, keep going, share whatever gift it is that you have and you'll find the right people. The right people will come. Can I get an amen? (laughs) (laughs) So somehow it's already been an hour. So I'd like to ask you, where can we find you and how can we support you? Yes. Um, so my website with all my recipes is lifeisbetadish.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at lifeisbetadish. Um, those are my main two platforms, um, Pinterest as well, but everywhere life is but a dish. I also have a private link just for your audience, um, that has some information, some of my kind of easy recipes, um, a coupon code for Coca confidence. So we'll send that over to you so that you can have it and share with your audience. You're the best. Thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and sharing your story with us. You're so impressive and such an inspiration. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Well, folks, that interview was just spectacular. A huge thank you to Lainey for coming on the show. Lainey has been so generous in sharing $100 off her online course called Cook with Confidence with code Marin, M-A-R-R-I-N in all caps, on lifeisbutadish.com. Another huge thank you to our hosts at Dash Radio and our producers at Island City Media. If you like this episode, you can listen to it again on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please leave a review so we can continue bringing you the people and conversations that you love, just like Lainey. Lastly, if you want to connect with me offline, you can find me at marincostello.com and marincostelloradio on Instagram. Everybody have a beautiful day. Thank you so, so much for tuning in, and we will see you next week.